1: hello everyone and welcome to slash film daily for friday february 21st 2020 on today's episode we're going to talk about the latest film and tv news this is slash film editor-in-chief peter serrata and joining me on today's podcast is slash film senior writer ben pearson hey what's going on and writer why trend Bowie. hey everyone Okay, let's dive into it. We have a bunch of news to get to that we didn't cover earlier in the week. Uh, let's start off with the Batman. Uh, first of all, have you guys seen this? There's been some set photos online from this movie, the Matt Reeves uh, reboot of the DC Comics Batman. Uh, I-, I wanted to hear what you guys thought of this outfit because I, I know we got this, like, this camera test that Matt Reeves posted on his Vimeo which kind of showed him in darkness and some vague red light but now we're finally getting to see the outfit in a set photo which we should, you know, say is not official it's people, you know, on set taking photos and it's just one scene of the movie and it's actually just one stunt of the movie so it could look, you know, Batman has different outfits. It could mm-hmm. look very different. So we should say that uh, you know, some of the stuff leaks out early from, you know, paparazzi and stuff and then fans overreact and then it ends up being fine in the eventual movie. So, uh not to say that we're freaking out about this, but I wanted to hear what you guys thought of Batman. I I'll start things off first by saying I I like how tactile and and physical and real his outfit looks. I I love the ears. The ears look very different than any of the Batman that we have seen on the big screen, I I guess probably more, most like the like Adam West Batman. Uh, I do not like, like there's like some things on his arm guards that look like really like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird line to ride where you're trying to make things look physical and real and not like a, you know, superhero outfit, but then it looks just like you're wearing like, you know, football gear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Ben, what do you think?
0: Um, my first thought was that this is one of many costumes that we're going to see. Like you were saying, like Batman has a bunch of different outfits for different tasks and stuff. This seems to be more, um, I don't know, armor driven than, uh, than anything else. So I, I don't know. It's always tough with early photos like this. Like what is the context here? What's going on? So I, I hesitate to make any sort of snap judgments, but I guess just based on this image and this image alone, um, (laughs) I don't know i I mean i'm not like a huge fan of like the armored up batman look i always prefer him you know more in the shadows and like uh in stealth mode like sneaking around and doing his detective thing um so i I don't know but like you know the fact that he's on a motorcycle and he seems to be wearing armor and all that stuff does not like have me worried about the future of the movie or anything like that so um i don't know hc what do you think
2: yeah, I'm on the same boat as you, Ben. I'm not a huge fan of this uh, suit. It does play look a lot like armor and almost in a video game-esque way, like Metal Gear Solid or something. I actually like the torso and even the helmets a little bit. I, I, I think the, the ears are... Thin ears are really interesting, Um, but I'm not a fan of whatever's going on with his arms, especially the shoulder pads. Uh, He's not wearing hockey pads, but he is wearing football pads. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and,
1: and it should also be mentioned that it's not Robert Pattinson playing him here. It's a stuntman who – there's actually footage of the stuntman like – skidding out and <laughs> it's actually going o- around Twitter today. It's kind of funny. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why that's why uh, Batman doesn't wear a cape when he's on his motorcycle. Uh, maybe it's going to be CG'd in, but that's definitely why stuntman Batman doesn't wear a cape. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I just appreciate the fact that, like, you know, we've had all these Batman and they have, like, these super stylized costumes and, and I feel like when does Bruce Wayne have time, like, wh- who does he have to pay to, like, create those, like, costumes? Because it must be a lot of work here. This just feels like it's put together from a bunch of, like, some expensive gear that he could buy on on Amazon. And that that <laughs> that I kind of appreciate about it. But, um, okay, let, let's talk about the inspiration of the Batman, which is what we wanted to talk about on today's episode. Uh, Matt Reeves has been making some comments, and there's also been some set photos that have... Uh, led us to believe that this might be inspired by one of Batman's most infamous graphic novels. H uh, two, what do we know?
2: Yeah, well, speaking of the put together uh, quality of the bat suit that we were talking about before, there, uh, Matt Reeves has tweeted an image, a panel of um, Batman Year One, the Frank Miller graphic novel, or Comic arc that uh, shows Batman in his first year in his crime crime crime-finding career and having like that sort of more put together, uh, haphazard style does reflect a Batman early in his career. Uh, But the in addition to that, there have been some photos posted online of jack-o'-lanterns on the set of the Batman, which also lends credence to the speculation that Jeff Loeb and Tim Sales. Uh, graphic novel, The Long Halloween, may also serve as inspiration for bat- Matt Reeves' movie.
1: I've A lot of uh, fans have been kind of theorizing that The Long Halloween could be an inspiration for this upcoming movie. Uh, first of all, it has a lot of uh, the Bat-villains in it. And it is kind of, um, in, in the comic book world it's kind of a follow-up to year one so that kind of leads credence to you know him posting that panel uh it i i know nolan kind of took some inspiration for from it for the dark knight because it does have kind of like the origin story of harvey dent who might be in this movie and uh it uh i don't know i i think it could be good because it's it's do you know the plot of uh the long halloween hd
2: Um, I do. I never read the long Halloween, but I do know that it has to do with, uh, is it like a calendar type of villain? Yeah. Serial Um, killers
1: who's killing people on different, um, holidays Mm -hmm. and Batman is like trying to, you know, solve the case. So it's kind of a detective Batman story. Um, if, if this is based on the long Halloween, uh, I want to know, what, what do you guys think? Uh, it, w- does that excite you? That it's kind of like a detective serial killer uh, Batman story?
2: Yeah, that's really exciting to me. I've long wanted the movies to delve more into the uh, greatest detective aspect of the Batman. We've always just seen the more crime-fighting, uh, punching aspects of the character. But he's known for being uh, one of the best detectives in the world. And that's what I really liked in the Batman animated series, that you would see him trying to solve these um drawn-out cases, and we had heard early on that Matt Reeves was taking inspiration from Hitchcockian noirs and mysteries uh, for his Batman, and that really excited me, and I like the idea of of the ba- of Batman being the star of a Hitchcock- Hitchcockian suspense film, um, and the idea of like The, the Long Halloween um, being a mystery uh, basically lends very much to that idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, ben, what are your thoughts? Have you ever read The Long Halloween? I have. I really enjoyed it. I read it probably uh,
0: 10 or 15 years ago, so it's been a little bit. I should probably reread it. But uh, each, every single word that Aisha just said, I I echo 100%. I think she took the exact words out of my mouth. That's uh, brilliantly said. So I, I fully agree with that. I'm very excited about that. The only negative thing is because, like you said, Peter Christopher Nolan already kind of took a little bit of inspiration from the Long Halloween. It uh, the Dark Knight is not by any means a, a Long <laughs> Halloween adaptation. You know. At all, but just the fact that uh, the tones might be a little bit similar—that's the only thing that gives me, uh, you know, a tiny bit of pause here. Is like I I would prefer the Batman's uh, the Batman movies to be, pr- you know, pretty wild swings in different directions. I just like the the idea that this character can um, sustain lots of different tones and has over the years, and I would love to see a version of Batman that's not just. Oh, we're going back to, you know, we had uh, Super Gritty Batfleck Real. For, yeah, we had Batfleck for a while, and now we're going back to like the Christian Bale thing. I, I sort of wish it was going off in like a different direction, but um, maybe that will still happen. Who knows?
1: Yeah. And uh, The Long Halloween is one of the best Batman uh, runs, I, in my opinion. You could uh, probably, if you have not read this, uh, if you're listening to this, I think it's on Amazon for like 17. 18 bucks uh on sale from 30 bucks and that's some of the best money you can spend so uh go buy that if you if if you can uh let's oh we we should also talk uh, there's also some some fans theorizing that that this movie could introduce robin
2: yes So, a casting call for extras who will, with circus with circus skills, uh, suggests that the Batman will give us a glimpse of the Flying Graysons, which is the circus couple uh, slash team whose son Richard Grayson becomes Batman's sidekick Robin. Uh, and this is also in lines with uh, a recent report from Forbes that Reeves has plans to introduce characters like Robin and Batgirl. So we, there's nothing solid as of yet, but that would be exciting and definitely a different turn than Batman's we've seen in the past because those have shied away from Robin um, because you know he's, a, he's definitely more in line with the campier, more lighthearted sides of the character. But I would be excited to see Dick Grayson. My favorite boy appear <laughs> on the big screen.
1: Wait, why, why is Dick Grayson your favorite boy?
2: I just, I love how, he, um, I just I just love his character and I love that he is a character created for the female gaze as well as being <laughs> so much so the, the lighthearted um, companion to Batman and kind of uh, having, almost being Spider-Man-like in sort of his, uh, his uh, banter and dialogue and just kind of at lending to the batman found family um yeah. dynamic too so i just i love dick grayson he's my, my he's my favorite
1: <laughs> well if, if they introduced the flying graysons wouldn't dick grayson be a much younger boy in this like
2: yeah we'd have to wait a little bit
1: <laughs> yeah i guess and that that would probably set up kind of like a I don't know like can you do another like lone wolf and cub story now that like mandalorian is kind of taking over pop culture today i feel like you can't not not, th- not to say that dick grayson is a you know scenario, but he is a young boy so i don't know it'll be interesting to see if that plays anything into this it, it could just be like an easter egg of sorts maybe they go to the circus and they see the flying grayson's do you know what i mean it's i like-
0: think robert pattinson is going to get on a motorcycle and there's going to be a sign on the side of the road that's like the flying grayson's are performing and he looks into the camera and shakes his head and goes <laughs> nah and then <laughs> rides off
2: so i hate the circus <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that, that that has to be it i hate the circus okay let's uh let's talk about uh, a serious thing right now uh sam sml is producing a adaptation of a podcast it's called gaslit and it has a all-star cast here ben tell us about it
0: yeah. So Gaslit is a drama about the Watergate scandal, which, of course, has no bearing whatsoever on any of our you know current American politics. None, I tell you, no relevance <laughs> at all. Uh, but in any case, Gaslit is based on a podcast called Slow Burn that debuted in 2017. And Sam Esmail, who is responsible for Mr. Robot and the Amazon series Homecoming, is executive producing this uh, TV adaptation that is going to star Julia Roberts, Sean Penn Army Hammer, and Joel Edgerton. Um, Joel Edgerton and his brother, Nash Edgerton, who have directed a bunch of movies between them, are actually going to be directing and executive producing this show. Also, uh, Gaslit is, I'll read the the description here. It says, it's a modern take on Watergate that focuses on the untold stories and forgotten characters of the scandal from Nixon's bumbling opportune subordinates, to the deranged zealots aiding and abetting their crimes to the tragic whistleblowers who would eventually bring the whole rotten enterprise crashing down. So, again, no uh, relevance at all to anything in modern day.
1: So is this the TV version of the sequel to the Steven Spielberg uh, movie from a couple years back that we were we were looking for? oh yeah
0: i guess so uh what was that the post the post yeah i was looking for the
1: yeah the name the post it led off with that like end credit scene that set up watergate (laughs)
0: yeah yeah it sounds like it might be something like that um so yeah i mean this is obviously like a great cast of people um julia roberts is going to be starring as the wife of the attorney general that's going to be played by sean penn and um She is playing Martha Mitchell, and Martha Mitchell was apparently the first person to publicly sound the alarm on Nixon's involvement in Watergate. So uh, it seems like maybe a juicy role for her. Um, So I'm excited to see more Julia Roberts on TV, especially after her great performance in Homecoming. So, yeah, it sounds cool.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited to see what Sam Esmail has up his sleeves. Uh, so th- that that's something to put on our, you know, watch list for sure. Uh, let's move on to Star Wars. Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the final season is hitting Disney Plus today. And uh, w- because the producer Dave Filoni is doing interviews, we're learning a little bit more about this. First off, let's start with uh, the fact that Clone Wars could possibly cross over with Star Wars Revenge of the Sith Episode 3. H T. what do we know?
2: Yes, so The Clone Wars takes place in the three years between the prequel films Attack the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And for the past about 10 years or so has been kind of stuck in that time zone. But now with the final season, Hitting Disney Plus this year, Uh, we will be, the timeline will be reaching the events of Revenge of the Sith, according to Dave Filoni. Um, He said, he addressed the line in the trailer for Clone Wars that dropped last month, in which Mace Windu. Uh, said, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi, which is the same line he delivers in Revenge of the Sith right before he sends Anakin Skywalker to check on Chancellor Palpatine. And Filoni addressed that line saying, I won't say a lot about that. I definitely will say that I don't think Mace is a person who repeats himself. And he went on to talk about how he's always been interested in the crossover potential with the films and um, when it got down to the very end and uh, making the audience aware of who... Ahsoka is, as well as Captain Rex, and um, maintaining the integrity of the films while doing so. So he basically essentially confirms that um, the Clone Wars will be reaching the events of Revenge of the Sith, but he will most likely be paying more attention to developing his original characters like Ahsoka and Rex uh, versus Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Padme, uh, because he doesn't want to do anything in those last episodes that would interrupt or contradict what happens to them in the film.
1: Yeah, see, with Star Wars Rebels, which is was his previous, or I guess the the show that he made in between starting and finishing the Clone Wars, uh, many people were speculating would this crossover with Star Wars: A New Hope? Would it crossover with? Would we see Rogue One, the events of Rogue One from uh, the Rebel story? Because that whole story, like that whole series, builds up to the start of the rebellion and you know what they're doing and this, you know. Spoiler alert! But it, it didn't cross over whatsoever. Uh, it th- seems like this this show is going to take a little bit of a different approach, uh, showing us you know how they played a part in the events of Revenge of the Sith, possibly. But uh, his comments that said like him saying that he, it's going to well, it's, it's going to remain faithful to the, the original movie or something that that makes me believe that basically you know we're not going to change any of the events of the original movie. We're just going to be seeing what his characters are doing during those events, because you you can't uh, destroy the entire integrity of the, of George Lucas's sacred star Wars prequels. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but he's uh, also always doing interviews. He, he did an interview with the IO nine and uh, Jermaine, our old friend uh, asked to vote Tano, who uh I guess, Spoilers for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker coming up, but I, I'm assuming anybody who wanted to see that has already seen it at this point. Uh, but in that movie, we there's a part where Rey hears voices from all the – or not all the Jedi, but many of the famous Jedi that lived before her. And one of those voices was Ahsoka Tano. And uh, many people thought that meant that maybe this character – that maybe that confirms that this character is dead. Yeah, because everybody else was dead. Uh, but Dave Filoni says that might not be the case after all. H.G., what do we know?
2: Yes. In the interview with io9, Dave Filoni suggests that uh, uh, the voice cameo that Ahsoka Tano makes in The Rise of Skywalker, in which she appears alongside the likes of Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mace Windu, etc., all of whom are known to be dead, uh, he suggests that doesn't have any big implications for what he's doing with the character. Um, and he said uh, in his quote, I didn't think of it in a literal story way. The film to me is like a different area. Uh, Filoni says he still has stories in store for Ahsoka Tana, who appeared in his series Star Wars Rebels, which t- takes place five years before the events of A New Hope and will appear in The Clone Wars again. So um, he says, nope, it's not the case. It was yeah. just a cameo.
1: Yeah. Or it's not, it's not definitely the case.
2: Not definitely the case, yeah, yes.
1: But uh, I don't know. Like, How many Jedi are alive when you know the events of everything ha- – I don't know. And also there's a, there's a movie called The Last Jedi, but I guess she denounces that she's a Jedi, so maybe that's the the workaround there. Okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Borderlands. They're, they're making a movie, and this time they're trying to make it with Eli Roth. Ben, tell us about it.
0: Yeah. So Eli Roth is going to be directing a Borderlands movie for Lionsgate. And, um, Borderlands is based on a video game. Uh, It's actually several video games. I think there are three or four in total now. Uh, The original game was set in the distant future at a time when various mega corporations seek control of various planets to colonize and mine for their mineral wealth and resources. Um, When one of those corporations discovers an alien vault on a planet called Pandora, no, it's not an Avatar crossover, uh, a team is sent in and ends up having to fight off the local wildlife and bandit population while basically trying to it's like a it's like a race for whatever's at this vault so uh that's the the basic premise of at least the first game um and yeah craig mazin the guy who wrote a lot of questionable stuff and then also chernobyl uh is writing the script here so i, I wonder if this is um, you know, where this is going to fall on the uh, Craig Mazin quality line, because he's he's somebody that, frankly, I'd written off, and then Chernobyl just, like, blew me out of the water. So I was like, wow, I made a mistake by judging this person way too harshly. And now I'm like, Borderlands, though? Really? So I, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to bring, uh, I don't know, any sort of, like, special... Um thematic relevance to a borderlands movie from eli roth but uh at least it could be interesting The the most interesting thing to me is that the game has this really cool like rotoscoped look i don't know if you guys remember like the movie um a scanner darkly that keanu reeves was in in like the early to mid 2000s but I, i kind of you know not very many movies look like that and i kind of hope that this borderlands movie tries to retain the visual style of the games by you know taking that same approach uh with its own visuals that there's that's just pure speculation on my part but i just think that would be a cool way to separate this out and and sort of make it stand out in like um the post-apocalyptic kind of um landscape that this movie is going to ultimately be in
1: yeah the the richard Winkletter film waking life also had that like rotoscope look and i i, I think more films should take advantage of that I feel like that's a, a cool kind of like it looks real but you can play with you know the psychedelicness of reality I guess there, there was like an Amazon series recently with that too right oh right
0: uh, yeah. Undone yeah Undone. I've not I've yeah. not seen it. I think Jacob watched it and really enjoyed it. Yeah.
2: yeah, The there was a phase when rotoscoping was sort of uh, meant to be the next big thing. And I remember, remember the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings movies used rotoscoping as well. And it was used as like an animation tool, but kind of died out. Um, but yeah, rotoscoping is really cool. I, I, that would be interesting to see if it came back into play for a movie like this.
1: And our final story for today is about the new Planet of the Apes movie coming from West Ball. Uh, people had theorized that this was going to be another reboot, but it looks like that might not be the case. H.J., what do we know?
2: Yes, West Ball, in a tweet uh, replying to a questions about the new Planet of the Apes movie, which he's directing, uh, said that uh, he won't ruin the surprises, but it's... Safe to say, Caesar's legacy will continue. Caesar is the main ape protagonist in the recent Planet of the Apes franchise, helmed by Matt Reeves, well, for the most part, and... um, was a really a critically acclaimed revival of the series and essentially suggests that this won't be a reboot as people have been speculating. Uh, initial reports around the movie indicated that it was unclear whether the Apes project was going to be a reboot or a sequel or like set in the same universe, uh, but it seems to be something more line, along the lines of the latter. So um, Ball doing another Apes movie, but not really.
1: So... Is this going to be in the same universe as Matt Reeves' Planet of the Apes?
2: I'm guessing so. Um it's it is very unclear, but uh from saying Caesar's, Caesar's legacy <laughs> will continue it seems to suggest he won't touch on Caesar, he won't um, you know, tackle that character at all, yeah. just create his own character. I'm not sure if it means he'll be in the same universe or if he's just if he's a uh, I don't know, doing something completely new. But we'll see.
1: I mean, I guess that's I mean, I don't want to see the same thing play out. Maybe it would be good to start this, you know, further down the line when humans are much more rare. Or maybe it's when they're maybe, – maybe they're going to start it like they, you know, and start it in the future where the apes have taken over. I don't know. It, 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 ben, what would you like to see? It's true.
0: All of it. Uh, that That's my vibe here is that it, it feels <laughs> like it's going to be, you know, so so far in the future where – you know, Caesar and all of that stuff. Like you could maybe look at it like it was a myth or, or maybe I guess if, if apes are still the main characters, which they should be in a planet of the apes movie, then maybe it wouldn't be like, uh, Caesar was a myth. Maybe it would be like, he was, you know, like this, uh, revolutionary figure like he actually was and, and maybe um the apes have gotten complacent or something and uh and maybe there's a new conflict that arises there and people have to like look to caesar's example to um to start a new revolution a uh, new revolution or something like that it's
2: gonna be a new female ape and she's gonna call herself ray caesar, <laughs> caesar.
1: <laughs> uh yeah and they'll have a, a statue of caesar uh and he'll be like in the form of the washington monument so yeah, yeah. Okay, we did <laughs> it, guys. What could go wrong? <laughs> oh my God, the the fire alarm at my condo has been going off this entire recording. We've had to stop and start the recording many times, uh, and it's now back on. So I think that means it's the end. We we have reached the end of today's Slash Home Daily. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find more of all our work at Slash Home. You can find this podcast, Slash Home Daily, on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at com, And rate and view this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And why do they have to test a fire alarm? I don't get it. <laughs> we'll see you on Monday.